Sometimes the universe puts us in exactly the right place at exactly the right time. Take, for instance, my night the other night. As I stood backstage in a basement venue on the Lower East Side waiting for my bit to get queued up, where I was to play a cosmic dad interrupting his dominatrix child or something, here's what was happening all around me. Two women performers had just sat in a cake, and they were wiping the extra bits of icing off of their thighs and stockings. A burlesque couple was dressed as a mayor and a groundhog. It was Groundhog Day, after all. And they were running their lines. While on stage, Gina Gershon was singing a Karen Carpenter tune and noodling on the juice harp. Friends, if that ain't showbiz, I don't know what is. (laughs) And I was ecstatic to be there, just as I'm ecstatic to be here with you tonight. Thank you for joining me here in The Deep Night. It's me, Dale Seaver. Still here, still at it. Your host, guide, and guru through this next hour of regrets and revelations. We come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And it's more like the Grimewanus these days. Everything is grimy in New York. You hit the subway floor and your shoes just kind of glide. Even the rats are sliding around down there. I ate a questionable burrito this afternoon, and I'm still a little queasy. It's making my transition away from animal meats a little easier, though, so I guess that's good. (laughs) You know, I don't put a lot of stock into New Year's resolutions, but that was one of mine this year, to wean myself off of uh, meat generally in an effort to go majority vegetarian by year's end. And to finally finish up a few stray projects here and there was also on the list. And you know what helps to keep me focused and enthusiastic about doing this show and getting all that work done is getting some positive feedback, getting some positive DMs from the universe just when I need them. And meeting great people like my guest today, comedian Lexi Grace. As we talk about, I met Lexi in Boise, Idaho. And you get the sense right off the bat this is a solid person in the world, serious about her endeavors and eager to welcome you into her experience. She's a funny and gifted performer who I'm sure you're going to be hearing a lot more uh, from in one way or another. So let's get to that. My conversation with Los Angeles-based stand-up, who's in town for a couple of weeks doing some shows all over New York, as one does. Uh, And I'm sure she was having a lot of great backstage encounters while she's here. This is Lexi Grace. Lexi Grace, so great to have you in New York City. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, thank you for visiting the Deep Night Studios here. Uh, any tr- any trouble finding the place? No, it was super easy. Oh, good. On my walk over here to get to the subway, a dog locked eyes with me. Now, this doesn't happen very often, but this one, it felt like it knew me. I can't quite describe it, but it was. Have you ever had that happen, where an animal just locks gaze with you, and and, and uh, you sense the presence of some kind of power yes. there? Yes. It was. It was alarming, disarming, I should say. It's. Uh, it's. Uh, yeah. That. 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 That kind of creeps. It sometimes it can creep me out. Yeah. Sometimes it happens with fish. Yeah. yeah. Or ants. <laughs> You've got a different kind of walk going on there. Uh, well, it was very, I don't know, it felt like I needed to engage with it, but I'm not really the one to, to do that with a 
any kind of animal, but uh, stranger animals, certainly not going to get into it with. Uh, but it was, I felt like, oh gosh, it's a relative. I ought to address it, some kind of spirit. <laughs> anyway, do you get connected to the spirit world at all? Uh, I try not to mess with it. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's safe. That's it. You avoid the Ouija boards? Exactly. I avoid yeah. them. I run. I run yeah. from them. My friend tried to do a tarot card reading. I was like, please don't. No. <laughs> you don't want to know, do you? I don't want to know what the future... I like surprises. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you know, I do like a couple of festivals a year in terms of comedy stuff or going out there on the road. And uh, one of them was where we met. In Boise, uh, at the 208 Fest, and uh, it was—it's been such a uh, productive festival for me. I've talked to so many people uh, from out there. I've had them come in and do the show, and so uh, uh, so many great conversations. It was a nice festival, wasn't it? Yeah, it was so much freaking fun. It was. I love how the the that stage, the liquid laugh stage, is set up. Yes, it's amazing. Like just how they have the curtains and they they just direct the audience to the front and then they start like letting it out so like there's no uh, decisions to of where to sit. <laughs> right, right. You just surrounded with the audience there. Exactly. Yes, but a classic brick wall. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which is nice. Now we we met in the lounge. Uh, down there in the underground part of that facility. And uh, we were talking about uh, frequent flyer miles. Yes. And, and I, I think Delta Sky Miles. Yes, yes. I am a big, because at that time Delta Delta still is and was doing a um, thing with lift. So you get lift points. Yes. Like you get, you get Delta points when you travel with lift. I just signed up. That is great. You should also, you can also get Hilton points. You can double dip. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll have to add another app. I actually, um, uh, speaking of how I got to the studio, was I got a ticket from New York to L.A. for $11.20. Wow. On JetBlue. Okay. Yeah. It's because of your miles on that uh, airline? Yes. <laughs> you are a savvy when it comes to these miles. I try, I try not to spend more than, like, 50 bucks on a ticket at any given time. <laughs> well, at, least at some point, you got to spend something to rack them up. Well, How are you able to just keep rolling them into one another? Well, I spend money on like my day to day purchases, like food and. Oh, I see. Yeah. On the old credit card. I sometimes, yes, on the credit card, but you don't need a credit card to do one, like to get it. You could do like, uh, you could use like a debit or regular really? credit. Yeah, you just have to sign up for like dining programs and just a little bit more research of like when you're online shopping, seeing yeah. who will give you like the most referral codes. But I do love, I love, I love a discount. I'm like the extreme couponer of uh, f- frequent flyer miles. Did you grow up in such a household where that was a value? No, I actually got into it later in life. Really? Yeah. yeah. As a means to save money? No, um, just as like a hobby. Yeah. And then it became like, this is really cool. I can save money and I can go to all these places for very cheap. You got hooked on it, it sounds exactly, like. Exactly. Yeah. Then I got into like spreadsheets and just like reading the book. Like I spent maybe, there used to be, like I'm really better now I'm on the road to recovery but there used to be a time where I'd like look up like two to three hours of like what can I do to gain more frequent flyer models because there's so many stuff that's like just in the know like yeah. 
like secret email list and like secret it's like almost like being like um a sneakerhead yeah like that they like it's they call it like travel hacking and there's certain memberships that you can buy that they'll alert you when there's certain travel deals but like i canceled all my because it just got too much well at a certain point you're paying a lot to be a member of these clubs yeah yeah. It was worth it, though, for, like, the first year because I did get, like, a really um, steal on, like, a trip to London. But It's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I'm always fascinated by the way people, especially comedians and performers and writers, find ways to make it all work for them. No, for sure. We're not always well compensated for the work that we do. So yeah. finding these little hacks, as it were, A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> I'm, Does it extend to other parts of your life, or was it very focused on the frequent flyers? Um, you mean like my intensity about things? They like the coup, the couponing, the uh, the discount searching. Oh, um, is it all encompassing, or were you able to focus this passion very clearly into travel? Just into travel, pretty much. I see. Not not so much into other things. And other things, I'll be like, okay, I'll spend the money. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, you're not going to spend it on travel. Exactly. <laughs> So, well, uh, <laughs> I've gotten back to gold status, which I'm happy about. Oh, congrats. That's awesome because then you can get the upgrades. and You get the complimentary upgrades, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, and I'm, I'm optimistic for, for next year. Maybe you throw in a trip to Hawaii, maybe some kind of trip to Africa, something that's going to keep me at gold status because that's the trick. Yeah. Once you attain it, you have to maintain it. You know, it's not easy. But maybe it would be easier if I use some of your hacks. Yeah, I mean, I don't want you to give away secrets either, but I'm fascinated by it. No, no, it, it, there's not, there's no, there's, we're friends. There's no, <laughs> there's no secrets between you and me, Dale. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And when we met, and I knew that would be the case, because when we met down there in the lounge, I thought, this is a good and kind person. And then you, I saw your set, and it was the same, full of warmth, very funny, keenly observed, and, and generous of spirit. Oh, thank you. I appreciate those kind words. <laughs> yes, absolutely. How long have you been doing this? Um, I've been doing stand-up about two and a half years. It'll be three in May. Yeah. Does it does it feel new? It feels, yeah, it feels, well, it's weird because, so I grew up with, like, my mom used to do stand-up comedy. But, really? like, she did, like, road work. So it was, she's not anyone you've ever heard of. Yeah. But, um she she did it, and then when I got into, like, middle school, she stopped. So it was like I was always around stand-up comedy, and I never thought that I would actually do it. Yeah. Did you grow up, uh, like, waiting in green rooms and that kind of thing? Did, I, you, did you go on the road with her? I didn't go on the road with her. So, like, I never get homesick. I get sick of home. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why can't I come with you? Um, but when she would do gigs in California, sometimes I would either – she would either send me to a friend's house or uh, she would have one of her comic friends wait outside because I couldn't get inside the bar because mm-hmm. I was like seven or six, like eight. So one of them would like wait outside till my mom did her set. And then when she did it, they would she would come get me from her friends. So I guess it's about a five to seven minute thing anyway. Yeah. And then whatever waiting around happens leading up to it. But uh, not a huge time. Was yeah. She- no, was no, it there wasn't. A long time? No, no, it was. It was. It usually was like, yeah, a couple. So it was like, but it was like constantly around like loud, loudy, like female comics. So it is funny <laughs> that I find myself doing comedy again. <laughs> and you never thought about doing it uh, then. I as a kid. 
I wanted to do comedy, but I didn't want to do stand-up. I was, like, I uh-huh. wanted to make films. Like, I was, like, I'm going to make, like, I was a huge fan of, like, Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. Yeah. So it was, like, I'm going to make films like that. Like, I want to do, like, Overboard and, like, House Sitter and, um, <laughs> like, uh, like Pink Panther kind of stuff. <laughs> you like the silly things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And physical comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and were you able to do that with the did you follow the career of filmmaking? I did. I ended up going to school for film filmmaking. Yeah, and that was here. And that was here and I went to uh, NYU. And then I graduated, got a I got a job in production. I wasn't making stuff, but I was like still like a part of it and it just got to a point that it stopped kind of being like it was it still was fun to create but it was like i because i was putting so much time in other people's projects it like kind of i felt a little suffocated yeah so then i ended up starting to do improv and that's and that long story short i ended up getting into stand up because of improv ah uh-huh. that's not an uncommon path i would think yeah uh, and and where's you know so many roads lead through nyu as I've discovered in talking to people. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> uh, was there a clash there of people that uh, you're still sort of uh, in communication with or you, you're aware of because you kind of came up at the same time? Yeah. I mean, there's still some, like, there's still a lot of people that, like, I'm still friends with that I, I went to school with. Like, I feel like right now it's, like, there it's a, it's a simmer. Like, our year is, like, simmering. Like, there's yes. stuff happening, but, um, like, there's people doing stuff, but you don't know their names just yet. Yeah. They've got some digital uh, creator yeah. things happening. and uh, There's yeah. a few people that are on the, the uh, forefront of, like, VR. And then uh, some of my friends, they've directed commercials and stuff okay. like that. And, All like, right. I've also done some commercial stuff. So it's, like, it's it's – I think maybe in the next like three to four years, then I'll be like, I'll be like, oh yeah, that person and that person and that person. Right. It t- seems like it takes about six years. Yeah. For something to at least lock in. No, for sure. And then tend to be something more than that, perhaps. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's it's a lot. It's a longevity. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, what kind of commercials were you doing? Um, I got to, I got the pre- uh, the pleasure to write an IKEA commercial. Oh yeah. So that was really cool. That sounds great. Yeah, it was very. It was it was very um, fun. It it kind of. Uh, I got it very randomly. It ended up being some guy that I knew in New York that I had PA'd with when I was doing film. Yes. He ended up being the uh, head of like branded content for a particular company, and that week, like for some weird reason, all of their writers had left, and I had just <laughs> post- always a good sign. For exactly, a yeah, and yeah. I had just and I had just posted a clip of uh, me doing stand up, uh-huh. and he was like, "I think you could write it," and I was like, "Yeah, I think so too." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love how things come together. I love when there's somebody that's in charge of branded content. I don't know what that means, but I'm happy for them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's a job. Uh, well, that's that's very that's great. Yeah. Uh, and it worked out well. You got to see it realized. You wrote it out. You wrote yeah, it. Yeah, and I got to see it. Uh, yeah, I did get to see it. Yes, seeing it realized was very cool to see it all like made and done. And... Because that doesn't always happen. I mean that it can go wrong at any point. No, for sure. There was so many things where it's like, um, 
I, yeah, there's so many things that I had helped on that it's like you never see that were like professional, like pilots that were done that you were like, this is amazing. Yep. And then by the end, it's like it's locked someplace and evolved. <laughs> right. Never to be seen again. Exactly. Perhaps. Um, and so, did, but you didn't grow up here. You grew up in California? Yes. Okay. Uh, still where you live now? Yes, I still I mean, live in LA now, yeah. and then I, I obviously I travel with the frequent flyer. Miles. Sure, no, you've got you've got to. <laughs> uh, but when you were here in NYU, you did the improv here. No, I did it in LA. You went back to LA. Yeah. And what was the camp that you were in there? Um, so I was very all over the place. So I did like Groundlings, UCB, Second City, Hollywood, and uh, they have this like indie theater called The Pack. Uh-huh. So I was like double like quadruple dipping like just every like everywhere just testing out classes and stuff but i ended up having how i got into stand-up was i had a very bad um a very bad improv experience where at one of the schools i had moved up fairly quickly yes and at one level i had a teacher that did not like me and she told me she didn't think i could ever do comedy <laughs> Doesn't sound very encouraging yeah, for a, a teacher who is also taking your money. Yeah, she was like, "You should stop right now." Like, and I was just like, it put such a bad taste in my mouth. Yes, I ended up signing up for all these weird improv classes, like just to get out. Like, I was like, maybe I just need to change, like a switch up kind of thing, to get out of this like bad groove. And I ended up. Um, Signing up for what I thought was a class where you just kind of are improv, like you do improv with yourself, like you get up on stage and talk to yourself. That was not what the <laughs> class was about. I think that is called something different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but that's that's how someone presented it to me. <laughs> and then, um, then like after this, because it turns out that that was actually not what the class was at all. But I kept doing it that way. And so then she was like, oh, so you want to do stand-up? And I was like, no, I don't want to do stand-up. And she was like, because that's what you do every week here. <laughs> it's a stand-up class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that got it going. Yeah. Well, I'm desperate to know who that person was that was, uh, um, was so terrible. But oh, I, I don't okay. want you to name I thought them. you. I thought, I, yeah, I thought you were asking me for the good person. Uh, well, uh, sure, you can say that person. Yeah, the person that to- told me I should do stand-up is this lady named Beth Lapidus. Oh, sure, from Uncabaret. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she was the one that was, like, really detrimental because I was, like, fighting her for a really long time. Like, I was like, I don't want to do stand-up. And she was like, no, I think, like, you're really good at it. And I, at that time, I was really focused on writing. Yeah. And she was like, it's, it's stand-up's a very good platform to, like, get for people to see you and say, oh, you're funny. What do you have to, like, versus you going, like, hey, uh, this is funny. Can you read? I'm funny. Can you read this? Right. Right. Um, but then I fell in love with stand-up. So it's all <laughs> thanks to Beth. Well, and, you know, I don't talk to that many people who have uh, – sort of come up through L.A. A lot of people that go out there eventually, but yeah. they started here. And uh, Beth has had a big impact on lots of people, I think. Uh, no, for sure. Through, and Through her. I mean, how long has that been going? The Uncabbered, like 20-some over, years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a legendary And she's amazing. She's figure. She's still, like, they still, the show still keeps going. Yeah. And it was great. Like, when I was, yeah, first starting out, she would let me watch uh-huh. And like just like see like different performers that were coming in the room, and it was just really cool to see like Margaret Cho and Andy Dick, and just see them work and like see like new stories, and you know, 
how things get built. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, that, that's terrific. Uh, did you ever, do you still do the commercial stuff? Is there still commercials happening? Are you still writing? I am still writing, yes. Yeah. And, Is that um, kind of the, the, I don't like to say day job because I think the whole thing is really yeah. the, the job. But it, is that something that brings in a little bit of money? It does. It does. I do a lot of different things for income right now. I do that. I do some post-production supervising. And then I also – What does that mean? Um, so I work on like if you're – let's say you have a film, right? Yes. And you're editing it. Yes. So after – at a certain point with your editor, you're going to be like, we're going to send this to film festivals. And the film festivals might ask for specific form formats and they need – you want to get it color corrected and you want to get the audio mix, so I'll be that person that's making sure that all the assets are going to the places okay. and that they're coming back how they need to look. Got it. Got it. So I'll be doing that and then um, – Managing also, that process. Exactly. Yes. And then I also have like one other quirky thing that I do, which is I tutor uh, social media. Uh-huh. And so that's what I – like I'll, I'll do that. You tutor social media, meaning that uh, people that are having difficulty, people for whom it might not be a native language. Exactly. Uh, you, you give them the tools they need to succeed with a social media presence. Exactly. But it's it's mostly just for uh, – it's not for like people that have like businesses. It's just for people that just are wanting to communicate with their grandkids on Facebook. <laughs> okay. A very specific yes. kind of a thing. So uh, seniors. Yes. Largely. Yes. Or in- exclusively? Exclusively. Okay. I try not to work with anybody that's younger than 82. <laughs> that's the cutoff? That's the cutoff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you think that was the point at which uh, uh, it's no longer a- able to uh, easily adapt? No, I just think that, like, after – I think it just becomes, like, a at like, a, at, like, 82 and above, I find – they're more like they're okay with like just class and they're not like necessarily they don't really care uh, to ask me questions like after like the <laughs> class whereas like I had a like a 70 year old client and she was like blowing up my phone like not that it's 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 okay but I just I prefer to like you know it's like because it's hard to walk someone through something over the phone and then they get like frustrated oh tell so me about it yes yeah so it's easier when it's when they're just they just want the in person, and they don't want to. Right. Te- they don't want to call you or see you, other than the day you're supposed to be there. Yes, I've had a few tense conversations with some parental units in terms of using the remotes. Yeah, one I don't time- know why they need four. <laughs> yeah, you need to take a remote away from them. It's a curious choice to overbuy the electronics when mm-hmm. it is also not the thing that they know anything about. And it seemed like just buying more of it will somehow fix a problem, but it, it's you want to simplify. <laughs> I, I I used to work at the Apple Store, and there was this one guy who I felt bad. I think he would always come in just to like talk to us, but he would always feel bad, so he would buy a product. But it was always something he didn't need, and we would like you don't have to buy this. <laughs> and yes. like one time he came out, he bought a beat maker, and we were like, we, we know you're not making beats. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Electronic beats. Yeah, yes. and then he would buy cords, and we're like, "Do you have anything that would fit with this cord?" And he's like, "I'll figure it out." Oh, imagine what that house looks like. 
Yeah. Just a tangle of cords, old speakers, those mixing units. It's probably just wall-to-wall gadgets. No, one of my coworkers went to his house, and he <laughs> said it was just a, like, there was a, it was like in his bedroom, there was like, just like, it was just like a hoarder space of electronics that he had gotten from us. Yep. And in his living room table, it was electronics as well. Like, every place was... Just lots of electronics. Look, I don't want to knock it because I know that life can be lonely sometimes. Yeah. And maybe going to the Apple store and having that interaction is the social, you know, thing that he does. No, yeah. No, I think I think it was very endearing. Like, it was very sweet. But we really genuinely were like, you can just talk to us. You don't have to buy things. Right. right. Obligated. It's, yeah. It's nice. Especially because at the Apple store, no one makes commission. So to us, it doesn't matter if you buy sure. anything or not. Right. So. It's like the general store in the old days where you'd go in and fill you in on how the crops are doing or how the children are doing. Exactly. Get a medical diagnosis or something (laughs) like that, I imagine. It's interesting to think about the Apple store as the new general store to me. It is. It is. It's. It's very interesting because you have a lot of. Um, it is a good way of looking at it as like a general store because it is like you have a lot of people that go there that kind of treat it like a public library yeah. where they're on Facebook or sometimes they're, you know, streaming some things that they shouldn't be. <laughs> um, Does that happen a lot? A lot of naughty birdies in there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now it's gotten better because I, like, I, like, when I was leaving, so I'm sure that they have it down now to, like, a science where they, <laughs> yeah. like, they have certain websites you're not allowed to go to. But, Yeah. What's interesting to me, uh, having kind of grown up with retail and all this, is the idea that there is a human need that is uh, consistent for a kind of like going out to a place, seeing someone, retrieving something and bringing it back. And whether that's the general store that goes away or a certain kind of restaurant that goes away, that you still want to – there's still the urge (laughs) to go to those places to have that communal experience, or to ha- whether yeah. it's a library or something, it's it's. In- it, I don't know. It's interesting that that never goes away. No, it's it's. That's why I love IKEA so much, honestly, because <laughs> yeah. I love sitting on the couches and just sure and the mall. Everybody. Yeah, I think malls are so fundamental. Yes, yeah, a lost uh, art at this point. People don't aren't going there. Yeah, they're dying. I hope I they come tell. back. It would be nice. You go to my childhood when it's all medical stuff. It's all like a doctor's office now. That's interesting. Not exclusively, but there's a big part of it that I know very well that is no longer the uh, stretch that had the limited or whatever was down there. Uh, and it's all medical stuff. There's um, one mall in Santa Ana in California where they've uh, they've redecked it out. So it's now all, like, really hip restaurants. Yeah. So it's getting, like, a second life because it's, like, a restaurant. And then they've d- built, like, a child's playground in the middle. Uh-huh. So it's, like, become, like, a family destination. So it's, like, they're becoming less shops. Yes. And more, yes, more places that it's, like, you have to go there for some sort of outside reason. Yes. Well, you go to Indianapolis, it's the same. And in fact, there, there's a large immigrant community that has taken it. You can get some of the best world cuisine by yeah. going to these abandoned malls, once abandoned malls, in Indianapolis. And That's... there's a great Ethiopian food, great Vietnamese food. It's in the old mall. That sounds amazing. I might have to take some frequent flyer miles and go there. I encourage you to do it. <laughs> I encourage you to do it. Well, speaking of commercials and food, I realize we may need to pause mid-podcast to just uh, acknowledge the passing uh, this week of Mr. Peanut. Yeah. That, that happened. Baby Peanut. And I called it. 
that it was going to be a baby peanut in December. I said, watch this. We're going to get a baby nut. And then and then we did. <laughs> yeah, that was trending for uh, <laughs> baby nut. My friend was telling me, I was like, what is happening? And then they were like, you know, Mr. Peanut's dead, so now it's a baby. <laughs> I mean, what better way to deal with a character who is old than to kill them off and just make the baby version of them uh, and, and see how they grow? There's no personality that really is attached with Mr. Peanut. What comes to mind when you think of Mr. Peanut? A monocle. A monocle, sure. Which, yeah, but uh, there's uh, no like, personality. There's no personality. I think he was quiet for most of his life. Yeah. I can't associate a name, a, a, a sound of his voice. No, I can't. I can't. Just a monocle and a top hat. Just very, just, just, uh, he was a simple man. <laughs> he was a simple man, yes. <laughs> he didn't start <laughs> he much He seemed a trouble. little bit like a dandy, though. I mean, he had a kind of aspirational quality, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, uh, he was very quiet. Um, we knew him well. Um, we knew very little of him, but I, I think he lived out his dreams. I imagine so. I think he lived a full life. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Uh, I think that the the sort of craven masterminds behind this stuff uh, think, well, baby Yoda, baby nut, let's ride this cuteness wave into it. What seems ill-conceived is that there might be a child with peanut allergies that sees this little baby figure and thinks, oh, this is child food. Oh. Grabs a handful of nuts. That's dead. Who do you think is going to be the the next uh, ca- cartoon character to die? I would think uh, Jolly Green Giants days have got to be numbered, <laughs> but they already have Sprout, so I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking it would be interesting if they killed the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> because he has a lot of personality. He does, but his tear made Baby Nut possible. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yes. <laughs> I think we're going to see Teen Nut real quick. Oh. I think we're going to go through some things with that. <laughs> he, we're going to grow with the ages. I He's... think so. <laughs> it's going to be like Raven Simone. We're just going to watch her, watch them grow up. Yes, from the yes, exactly from the Cosby's to that's so Raven to again that's so that's so. I think Raven's home. Raven's home. Yes. 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 I'm a keen follower of her career. <laughs> if you were a teenage peanut, what kind of stuff would you be into? Oh man, if I was a teenage peanut, I guess I would. I was going to say a mosh pit, but then I was like, no, no. I'm too fragile at that point. <laughs> no, to probably poetry. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Get to what's inside the shell. <laughs> oh, beautifully put. <laughs> well, speaking of babies, I know this is kind of part of your set, but what's the story with the person and the baby? Yeah. Okay. So. Do you mind telling that yeah, story? Yeah. No, of course. Okay. I, 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 I would gladly talk about that story. So what happened was there. This is um, so. Essentially, what happened was I met this guy. Yeah, in real life. In real life. Okay. I met him at a show. Okay. And he saw me perform, yep. and he was just, like, enamored with me. So then he saw me perform again, right? Yes. And, again, he was, like, he get, this time he came up to me, and he, like, talked to me, and he was like, hey, I saw you perform at blah, blah, blah. I saw you perform here. I really like what you do. Like, you're you're so friendly and nice and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So then he starts following me on Instagram, and he's like, hey, can we um, – he's, like, messaging me, and he's like, thanks, you know, because I, I put out positivity quotes, 
And so he's, like, hitting me up. And then he keeps hitting me up every day. And then it starts getting to a point where he's like, yo, can we date? Like, I really want to see you. Blah, blah, blah. But in the back of my head, I'm kind of remembering the first time I met him, he had said something about having a wife. Uh-huh. So I was like, I was like, I re- distinctly remember him saying he had a wife. And that's not something that it's like people really like if I feel like dudes don't really lie about having wives. It would be a curious choice to lie about. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not like having I'm one to... as opposed to not having. one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see it if it was like some 90s plot line where it's like I'm a boss and like I'm a big family person and they're trying to impress me. But it's not right. it, it's not that situation. So I end up um, his Instagram name was like one of those names that wasn't like his real name. Uh So I was like, oh, how am I supposed to like find him? Because it's all these pictures of him like, you know. So I end up using that handle. I put it into Google because I'm pretty good at like stalking people on the internet. So I was like, let me use my force for good. You teach the old people how to do it. Exactly. So then I ended up finding him on um, Facebook. Uh Uh-huh. And sure enough, there was a picture of him, like, prom style holding a very pregnant woman who was, like, so pregnant I could, like, see a handprint. And I was, like... the belly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, yeah, I don't think that, you know, I was, like, I, I, try, I tried to let him down easy because there also was, like, a lot of gun posts. So I didn't, like, want him oh, being, yeah. like, crazy. So I like was like, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, buddy. Um, and then he kept hitting me up. I was like, yeah, no. But he was like pretty relentless where it was like every day I would get like some sort of message from him. Not like it wasn't always like like, hey, let's go out or something. But sometimes it'd be like, oh, I really like this or I like this or I was thinking about this. Like it was very. Um, and then one day it like all the messages stopped. And it's it's basically like I could put it on my watch, him messaging me. And then this other guy who sends me hearts every day. <laughs> and, and so I started Aww. just getting hearts only and I didn't get any messages from the guy that met me. So I was like, what happened to that guy? Because, like, I'm, like, a little weirdo. So I was like, you know, I'm usually used to getting messages from this guy. Yeah. Unwanted messages. So I was like, what happened? Did he, like, you know. I was like, and so then I click his Instagram because I also noticed that he unfollowed me. Uh Uh-oh. So I was like, this is suspicious. Yep. Well, I mean, I was like, and I saw a picture of him holding a baby, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe he's, like, turned around. He's become, like, a family man. Like, maybe him unfollowing me, like. You know, like people say when your kid is born, it really changes your life. Yes. Yeah. So I was thinking like he had an epiphany and he was like, I'm going to unfollow this girl. I'm going to. So I was like, that's really cute. Like, or that... he got caught. Yeah. Or he got caught. So I was thinking like, <laughs> that's really cool that he had like a coming to uh, like a, like a moment where he's like, I'm not like I was proud. I was like, he did the right thing. Yes. So I see a baby picture. I click the baby picture because I do like babies. And I was like, I was like, let me see what his little girl looks like. And I look, and he hashtagged it, um, baby Lexi. Which you know, so then I was like, that's weird because he spelled it like I spell my name very particular. I spell it L E X I E. Yes. So then I end up going on his Facebook, and he put like I don't know why he's not very smart, but he put the birth certificate. <laughs> so I saw it was Lexi Grace. What? Which is my name. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I lost it because it, I was like, what? Because it literally was like <laughs> the day he unfollowed me, he posted that picture. Yeah. 
so I was like, he named his daughter like after like after me. I called my friends. I was like, I I was fathom. I didn't know what to do. Like I was it like was so weird. It was so weird because he went from like constantly hitting me up to no contact, and then when I finally look and see like what's up, it's like it's this picture of this baby, and then okay, then what ended up happening? The the story gets a little weirder. So then, oh no! So, <laughs> so I put it. I'm trying to reckon it. So I put it online, like being like, "Hey, this is what happened." Blah blah blah. People are like, like going insane on my like my Facebook, being like, "Oh my god, this is so crazy! You need to block him." Blah blah blah. One girl actually offered a really cool theory behind it. She said, like, kind of pointing to what you said about getting caught. Yeah. She said that maybe he had written my name down, like, and his wife saw it. And his <laughs> wife was like, what is this? Who is that? And, exactly. <laughs> and in a moment of desperation to save himself, he may have said, oh, it, I thought that would be a cute baby name. And because he's never taken an interest. Now I'm building a whole backstory, but yeah. because he's never taken an interest <laughs> And the baby that his wife was having, she's like, we must go with this name. Yes. Um, so that that's, like, the best scenario theory that I have. Uh-huh. That, like, maybe that's what happened. And then he was like, we're going to clear everything up. But it was, okay. And then what I did also, which was bad on my part, was I posted on Instagram knowing that he still was kind okay. of yeah. <laughs> looking on Instagram. <laughs> You're putting a needle out there a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. then two weeks later, I get a message from him. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I'm very scared, right? Like, I I call my family over to, like, look at me, like, watching this because I'm like, I don't know. It's because he sent, like, a uh, a message and I said, I don't I don't want to open it. Yeah. And I, I screenshot, I, like, screen recorded it because I was like, if it's, like, something, like, I'm going to kill you. Like, I didn't know. So, like, the police... Because, um, yeah, because, like, my my sister used to have a stalker. Uh-huh. So um, I know from her that, like, restraining orders are very expensive because, like, the the that's another thing I talk about on stage. But basically her stalker at one point decided to stalk the whole entire family. Oh, my. Except me. Oh. Yeah, and I was very jelly because I was <laughs> like, what is wrong? Why is it? Why not me too? Well, well you got your own thing here. Yeah, no, exactly. Now <laughs> this, clearly. but this was this was years before. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, he sends out, I get my whole family, like I get, you know, my mom's with me. We're like holding hands. We're like, hopefully, you know, we're like, we're, we're praying that like it's nothing bad. And uh, I click it. And cause he, and then I open it and he sent me a, like a video link, like a thing. So I was like, oh no, it's going to be like, he's going to yell at me like in person. And so I click the video link and it ends up being like, he's trying to get me into some Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so, so I was like worried for nothing. He's really working some angles, this guy. Yeah, but I am worried about baby Lexi. Well, what also concerns me is that at some point, baby Lexi or someone affiliated with baby Lexi yeah. may Google Lexi Grace. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's going to happen is this story will come out <laughs> in some way or some form. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to have to be uh, explained. You know, at some point there's a reckoning. Well, <laughs> right? if, if she ever wants to get coffee with me, I'm I'm saying this first on your place, Dale, that yeah. she can go okay. and meet up with me 
and we can talk about it. It doesn't make her a bad person. Truly, yes. We are not, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I think, you know, as long as she doesn't, uh, yeah, no, I was going to say as long as she doesn't marry someone that has the same name as the person I, you know, I think that will be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if they just completely. Uh, Full circle, yeah. Yes. As long as it's not a single white female situation. Right, right. Where they really take over your life and then live it in some parallel yeah. way. Um, it'll be a safe uh, environment for baby Lexi. Yeah, Grace. I think baby Lexi. I think she's she's also a really cute baby. It's not too different from baby Peanut, really, except for you're still living. Yeah, except I'm still living. <laughs> Is it a good-looking kid? Uh, it's a good. Yeah, she's good, really good-looking. Okay. Um, people were telling me I should tell the wife, but the thing is, the wife doesn't. Well, I'm not going to get into it too much, but do not get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to get into it. Number one, that's fine. But uh, yeah, my advice is, boy, stay out of it. Yeah, <laughs> as best you can. Yeah, exactly. I'm... <laughs> That's between them. Very nervous. Whatever he wrote down on that paper, he's got to go by that. He started this ball rolling. Yeah. It's tough to have a lie like that. <laughs> I know. He's got to live with that every day. He's got to yeah. be like, hey, Lexi. But amazing, the power of stand-up is. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, one of my friends was joking and said, well, but it must have been a great set for him today. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I, I, I kind of wish I had children just so I could do that to someone. <laughs> really name your kid after that? Freak them out. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun for an afternoon. You could name it Little Baby Peanut, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you ever done something a little intense uh, with a, for a loved one? Like you mean like name the a baby? The grand gesture? <laughs> yeah, uh, something like that. I'm trying to think. Once, I think the, the craziest thing I did was... Uh, I don't know if it's even that crazy, but okay. um, it felt big in the moment. Yeah, I well, before I got into like when I was just starting to get into frequent flyer miles. Yeah, I got I got my mom like a round trip ticket from um, L.A. to London because she had never been to Europe before, uh-huh. and like paid for like. But I but I guess you're you're saying like outrageous, right? That's like something that's like very crazy and slapsticky. Um, I yes, I guess I meant for for someone that you, maybe you were romantically interested yeah. in or something. Did you show up with it? Yeah. Up? Okay. So one time there was actually Dale. <laughs> yes. This okay. is this is gonna. Um, there was a guy I really liked, and he is uh, he was a um, like a mixed artist, like a like a painter, sculptor, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Multidisciplinary. Multidisciplinary. Yes. And he was having a show uh-huh. at like this gallery, but how the gallery is set up, it's connected to a bar. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. And I had had a show that night, so I told him, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't realize how close it was to my show. Uh-huh. So I end up, and it wasn't like we were like official at the time or anything. So at the, so I was walking to where the gallery was, and I ended up making eye contact. And I started with his friend, and then at that moment I realized like I didn't want to be there, like if that made any sense. <laughs> and so I ended up, I was at the. I was at the bar section of like where the event was when I made eye contact with his friend. And for some weird reason, I thought like I can just be invisible. So I ended up jumping on a table 
in the bar, which made it worse because yes, yeah, jumping <laughs> because I did like a cat like jump uh-huh. where like my like I I jumped like forward and so my legs were like tangling and there were people at the table <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't know that I, wait, wait a minute so you 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 decide to show up. Yes. You walk in, you see the friend or something, and yeah. you make eye contact, but you think, oh, gosh, uh, maybe this is not where I want to be. Yeah. So I'm going to go over here, and I'm just going to hop up on a table yeah. and kind of be out of the way. Is, yeah. that the, is that the idea? Exactly. But there's still there's people enjoying drinks and perhaps the show. It, it, well, or, or they're just, they're just, just enjoying drinks, show. yeah. Okay. So you just hop up on the, the table. The table. And then I'm like, oh, hi, hello. And I'm like, gra- like I'm grabbing it, kind of almost like Rose with like the door. Luckily, like they didn't. I was able to like not hit any of the drinks. But you, 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 fa- you faced. Are you sitting on the table or are you splayed out across I'm it? Splayed out across it. Oh, okay, even better. Like I just like I just like hopped on it, and then my legs were like dangling on the edge of the table. Uh, yes, a classic move. Yeah, perhaps so- Goldie Hawn inspired. Probably. I was like, what What can I do in this instant? What would Goldie do? And then the person, luckily, like, I think they were looking, but then someone else, like, came up to them that knew them, and then they were just, like, they they kind of made a furrowed brow expression and just, like, walked away. Yeah. So I was like, whew, that was a close one. And then I made polite conversation with the people who were like, why are you at our table? Explained across it. Yeah, I was like, hey. I thought I knew you. I don't. And then I walked away. Oh, wow. That's incredibly awkward. And then I left. He didn't even know I showed up. I think that's for the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're pretty smooth when it comes to <laughs> romance. But that, yeah, that was, that, that was a, yeah, that was. Never saw him again. I did see him again. Oh. He just didn't know that I went to the. His exhibit. <laughs> Did you like the work? I didn't even go in. I didn't make it past that. Wow. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I do remember a, 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 a woman that was courting me yeah. uh, had sent me a very, uh, after a you know night, night together, sent a very expensive bouquet of flowers yeah. to my place of employment. And it just was too much of a gesture. Also, I wasn't making that much money, and I knew that I could never return the favor. Not that women yeah. can't earn as much or as more as anybody else, but it, I, I, I felt small in that moment, and this was too much. And so I sent her a turtleneck, and then I never talked to her again. <laughs> well, I feel like the turtleneck, though, is a classy move. It's, Thank you. I thought so. It's, 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 it's better than a, a goodbye letter because at least it's something to keep her a little warm. And That's right. Think of me. Yeah. But not, you know. Too close. Yeah. Maybe she named her kid after you. <laughs> yeah, or Turtleneck. Could have named the kid Turtleneck. Relationships are challenging. Yes, they are. Even long-term ones. Well, uh, I know you said you don't like to predict the future or look to the future too much. Yes. Or to have it predicted for you. Have it predicted for yes. You like to have your agency, whether that ends up with you splayed across the table or in some kind of weird uh, internet relationship, (laughs) psychic connection with somebody uh, who names their children after you. But what's the dream for you, Lexi? What does the future hold? Um, Honestly, I've fallen in love with stand-up, so I'd still like to be doing stand-up. I want to do, like, some – I want to get back to also, like, writing and directing more frequently. Yes, and also uh, 
potentially like I think end game goal is like to run like a production company where it's like I'm putting out my own content and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, if you ever need somebody in a turtleneck. Yes, I will let you know, Dale. <laughs> let me know. Oh my gosh, um, uh, twenty twenty. You feel good about it? I do feel good about twenty twenty. <laughs> okay. I do. I do. I definitely do. It feels like uh, it, it's it's still tough. If I'm not sure what's happening, it's uh, cloudy for me. I don't know. I want it to be a year of change, yeah. of things kind of coming to an end, breaking free, moving forward. I think it's going to be a good year, honestly, for both of us. Okay. All right. I'm going to hold on to that. It, it will be. I will be, Dale. I know it will be. <laughs> I, I, I'm very optimistic about that. And if I, if I wasn't, I'd be like, I don't feel it. Like, there's some times where I, I, like, I don't feel it in my gut, and yeah. I just I get very quiet, and I'll be like, mm. but I do feel it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed off of that optimism. That's going to fuel me into the next at least several weeks. Yes. <laughs> so you have some downtime planned while you're in New York? You're going to go see some stuff? I'm pretty much like every week while I'm, I mean, every day while I'm here, I'm working. Yeah. So I feel like weeks every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much going to, I'm going to hope to eat like a lot more good food. Uh, yes, that's because New York it's has important. amazing food. So yep. and hopefully. you need the fuel to get through it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a funny time. Winter doesn't seem to happen anymore. So you got a nice grimy uh, kind of rat filled moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, and uh, people can find out about all the shows you're doing where? At SmileLexie, L-E-X-I-E, uh, .com, or you can go to Instagram at SmileLexie. Okay. Well, let's direct them there, and uh, we'll hope that people uh, catch you on one of these many shows that you're doing while you're in New York. How yes. long are you here through? Um, I'm here till February 11th. All right. A good couple weeks yeah. then. Yeah, because I got more tables to jump on <laughs> yeah. uh, on February 14th. That's what I'm doing. Oh, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy this worked out. Thank yes, you very much. Yes, thank you much. for having this me. This has been great. And, uh, uh, yes, we'll follow you and catch you doing stuff live all over the place. And good luck romantically. Thank truly. you. Thank you. I, I will. I'll, I'll, you'll definitely get an invite to the wedding, Dale. <laughs> thank you very much. Alexi, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Wow, that story about the baby? <laughs> That's not going to be pretty when that comes to light. Lying is never good. It just gets worse, especially for me, because I'm not good at remembering things. <laughs> so if you want me to keep facts straight, forget it. Even though facts don't seem to matter, and the truth is upside down these days, I'm still not going to be the one to start some big lie. Forget it. In fact, I honestly, and in all sincerity want you to come to our next live show. And the facts of that are that it's February 12th at the Slipper Room, and it's going to be such a good event with great people, and it's always just more fun if you're there too. And all the information and the ticket links are up on the site. I won't go through it all. DeepNightShow.com. We'll have a professional matchmaker, a celebrated playwright, three comedians at the top of their game, and a harp player. What else can I do for you? Come out. Make it a date night in the deep night. I hope I'll see you there. Till then, remember that although this night is ending... A bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Season 12 podcast icon illustrated by Lars Litaro. Deep Night Season 12 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode is provided by the talented roster at Haller Hills Farm in Ohio. Production studio space provided by Harvestworks here in New York City. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or tune in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thank you, 
for listening. And this season, I encourage you all to leave your portals open. <laughs>